0: Well, it's a joy to be back on this Wednesday night. And uh, I do want to express my gratitude for letting me come and be a part of the meeting again. And if I didn't have a, a spoken part, I would certainly still want to come because it's such a, a blessing to my life to be able to come. Brother Kevin is a true Christian gentleman, and he is smooth as butter. And. Uh, you had to be here a few days ago when that when that announcement was made, but uh, I'm grateful that I'm getting to come and be a part of the meeting, the accommodations, the food, everything is top-notch, and we thank the Lord for it. It has uh, normally been in my heart on these Wednesday nights that I've been able to participate in the meeting to sort of, um, it's a little lower key, I think. For me, but it's it's more of a family type atmosphere. I love Wednesday night prayer meeting because God's people can come together. There are no pretenses. There's no um, there's no pressure. I guess you have to be a preacher almost to understand that Sunday morning pressure. But you just come together and you just um, I almost said you let your hair hang down, but. <laughs> But uh, that's 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 uh, some of y'all can do that, but not I. But it's just a relaxing moment of fellowship, and prayer time, and hearing from God's word, and uh, and brothers, that there's a sense in which that is true revival when we come together and we experience that together. And I'm grateful for moments like these. And I really, I just have a a, a thought tonight, and. I want you to take your Bible to to Acts chapter 20. Uh, When I say that at our church, our little children start laughing because there's been a few times I've had a thought, and the thoughts have been longer than the sermons. But uh, I I won't uh, be long tonight, I don't think, but I do want to share what's in my heart. Unusual, really, um, passage for Wednesday night of a Bible conference, but I feel like that uh, there's some help to be had, and I know there is in the Word of God. Acts chapter 20, in verse number 1. The Bible says, And after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples, and embraced them, and departed for to go into Macedonia. And when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece. And there abode three months when the Jews laid wait for him as he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. And there accompanied him into Asia. Sepater, so and if I mispronounce these, uh, forgive me. Of Berea, of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus and Gaius of Derby, and Timotheus and of Asia, Tychicus and Trophimus. Now these going forth, uh, these going before, tarried for us at Troas, and we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread. And came unto them to Troas in five days, where we abode seven days. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. And no one get concerned about that. just telling you what Paul did. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. There were lanterns of some sort, old lanterns. It was dimly lit. And they're having church. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. Being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep. And fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, Trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while even till break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive And we're not a little comforted. I want to speak tonight if I have a central theme, a thought, on this little idea. A good reason to be weary. A good reason to be weary. Uh, Several years ago I, I was looking in a magazine, Time Magazine. And there was an article entitled... 14 Reasons Why You're Tired All the Time. I fell asleep before I read all 14. (laughs) But the opening line stated, Lack of sleep isn't the only thing sapping your energy. Little things you do and you don't do can exhaust you both mentally and physically, which can make getting through a day a real chore. I think that sums it up for most of us. Amen. People are tired. Thousands of dollars are spent every year on a good night's rest. In some towns I've visited, there seems to be a mattress store on every corner. And they're very expensive. And people are paying big dollars in hopes that they'll find that good night's rest. Because medical professionals tell us that A good night's sleep is important to your overall health. It's almost like CPAP machines are as common as a microwave today. (laughs) People are trying to find a good night's rest. Now I think the biggest question tonight is not so much why are we so tired, but rather what are we so tired of? What are we so tired of? I'm privileged to pastor a wonderful group. And uh, as I watch them week after week, month after month, I've finding myself seeing through their weariness. Many of them are tired, tired by the world, tired by the events of life. Some ladies get tired of being a wife and a mother. I mean, it gets tiresome, not so much to stop it all, but it just gets tiresome. Can I get an amen right there? Some men are tired and wearied from having to shoulder the burden of becoming a godly father, a godly husband, a a great employee. Sometimes that can become weary even to the best of men. And I must admit tonight before you and God, sometimes I get tired and wearied as a preacher. Sometimes I get tired as a pastor trying to find the right words to say, to have the right attitude to project. sometimes that itself gets overwhelming. In Acts chapter 20 we have an interesting story of a man who got so tired he fell asleep at church. and the consequences of him falling to sleep in church was that he died. Now lean in close. It'd be terrible for you to fall asleep tonight. In fact, there's a practical lesson here, and that practical lesson is never go to sleep at church. That's the most base, uh, base practical thing I can say. But I think the story even says more to us tonight. I think it. I think it. It has us ask the question: Is it possible? For me to be busy and not be tired, number one. Is it possible for us to be so weary we lose hope in having to be revived from our state of weariness? And then I think it has us ask the question, can I be wearied of the very thing that I should never be wearied of? Now these questions come to mind as I read this chapter. Now Let me give you three things very briefly. First of all, there's a preacher who ought to have been tired. Really, Paul, if anybody had a reason to be tired, Paul had a reason to be tired. In the text, Eutychus falls asleep, but Paul uh, should have been the one that was tired because he was a man on a mission, a man who was fired by the Holy Ghost of God A man that was busy in the work of the Lord, a man filled with the Holy Ghost, supernatural energy, Paul was a man that should have been tired if anybody had a reason. He moved around all the time. Luke records, in fact, in the opening verses of our chapter tonight, how uh, Paul traveled in the in just this chapter alone, Luke records that Paul sets out on this long journey. He, goes, he leaves a riot in Ephesus. I mean, Paul has went through it all in the short time that Paul has been saved. Paul should be experiencing some burnout, but he, but he wasn't. I mean, he's, he's traveling up the Aegean Sea into Macedonia, He's revisiting churches he plants there. He's exhorting the brethren there. He heads south into Greece, back to Corinth to visit that church that had had so many problems and was such a burden upon uh, Paul's heart. Uh, He he wants to sail back to Jerusalem, but the Bible says he retraces his land route of several hundred miles through Macedonia until he reaches the city of Philippi. Paul was a man that should have been. Wearied, amen. And then on top of that, the weariness of not knowing at any moment when your life would be taken from you—that—that—that uh, that, that itself would make you be wearied, wouldn't you say? While he was traveling, feeling the pressure at night, perhaps by candlelight, writing excerpts, writing down thoughts that would have become epistles wrote to the churches. Uh, Paul was a busy, busy man. To uh, put it in the words of Merle Haggard, excuse me for saying this, <laughs> he never hung his hat on a nail too long. He was a flurry of activity. I think very quickly there were three reasons why Paul was on the run all the time. First of all, there were some people trying to get to him. In fact, the Bible tells us in verse 3, there were some Jews laying weight upon him as he set sail in the Syria. Paul, since he was born again by the grace of God, Paul had a big bull's eye upon his back. Paul was a hunted man. Not only because those were after him, but there were also, I think he was on the move because there was some people around him. In the text of the Bible, it talks about some people that Paul's bringing with him. They were, they were co-workers. They were converts that Paul had won to the Lord Jesus. And Paul recognized that their eyes were fixed upon the apostle Paul. Now, let me run a rabbit and say this. I've been in this thing long enough, Brother Kevin, to be in the danger zone. What I mean by that is I've been in this thing long enough to have had people's eyes fixed upon me. Little children have their eyes fixed upon me. Couples have their eyes fixed upon me. They're watching my moves. And so that is enough. Uh, that I might be faithful uh, to keep on going for God as Brother Eddie I preached so wonderfully this morning. You ought to hear that message. Uh, listen, there are people watching us uh, every move that we make. And so these are people, coworkers, and they're around Paul. And then I think very quickly, I think also the one that was above him was motivating him. Uh, to keep going on since Paul has been saved. He was infused with the energy of the Holy Ghost of God and Paul would write these words uh, uh, for me to live as Christ uh, uh, but to die as gain. And when Paul was about to breathe his last breath, Paul would say this in testimony, he said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Listen, Paul was a man on the move because Paul had been saved by the good grace of God as Jesus intercepted Paul, apprehended Paul, arrested Paul on the road to Damascus. Since that great day in Paul's life, he's been on the move, working and laboring for the cause of Christ. And I'm going to tell you something. If what I do is for the glory of God, there should be energy to do it with. Amen? Amen. I think about some of the old uh, preachers of old. I looked up very quickly. John Wesley preached an estimated 40,000 sermons and rode on horseback walked our ship, was by ship 250,000 miles. Brother, if you going to do that, you better have something uh, pushing you along more than just uh, wanting name and recognition. You must have the Lord behind you, the Holy Ghost in you, driving your work for the glory of God. And I think it was Whitfield that preached 18,000 sermons to 10 million hearers. I think it was David Brainerd that rode by horseback down the eastern seaboard, down to Chattanooga with tuberculosis. Oftentimes he would fall off his horse in the snow, spit up his lungs, and the horse got so accustomed to it, it would stop and wait for Brainerd to get back on the back of that horse. And say, Brother, if that's your condition, you must have the Holy Ghost pushing you along, not just recognition for yourself. Amen. And so here's a man that should have been tired. Why, just reading about Paul's exploits makes me tired and makes me convicted at the same time. But there was also a man that should have stayed dead. Verse 6 tells us that when Paul and Luke arrive at Troas with the rest of the gang, they come to a coastal town of Troas, the Bible says, and here's a young man named Eutychus that falls asleep. Someone asked a preacher one time, why did his mother call him Eutychus? To which his mother replied, Eutychus too, if you fell out of the third story. <laughs> Amen. I wasn't going Brother Thacker, I was not going to say that at all, but it just jumped out of my mouth. <laughs> Amen. I, and Brother Eddie and I were talking about this at the table. You know something? I feel like Eutychus gets a bad rap. I really do. I think there's some people in God's church that oftentimes they live and die and, all, and often they get a bad rap for something that they never intended for to get. And we could go through the list of names. In fact, as I, I think about Eutychus and how was presented as a Young preacher growing up in church even I can remember my pastor saying if old Eutychus would have been leaning more in than out he'd have fell in rather than out. And man they like that. That's a Baptist. That's the independent fundamental little way to look at anything. Amen. If he'd been if he'd been like me and boy been more in, he'd have fell inside the church rather than outside the church. If he'd been like us, been faithful, why, he'd have been right, and this would have never that's what old Eutychus gets. Amen. And in fact, as I was reading about some commentators, and I dare not speak negative about some of these men, and I'll just mention one Matthew Henry, that old divine. Made this statement about Eutychus. He said, "Let the punishment of Eutychus strike and all opponents, and show how jealous God is in the matters of worship." And on one hand, I agree. You shouldn't sleep in church. It's disrespectful to the preaching and the pastor and and, and all sorts of things. But on the other hand. Brother Kevin, as I read what Luke says about it in Acts, Brother Eddie, he doesn't present Eutychus in, in a negative light. It's almost sympathy. Amen? Now picture for a moment. I'm, 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 it ain't going to take much longer. Picture for a moment Eutychus is in the upstairs. He's sitting in the window pane. The Bible says it's lit, dimly lit. It's probably stuffy. I can imagine that the... Uh, that it's hot. I mean people are gathered together and Eutychus is sitting in the window pane and he's trying his best to keep his eyes awake and he falls asleep. He's and and that little phrase there, brother Philip, means that 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 this man Eutychus was overcome by sleep. He didn't attend to go to church. He wasn't a, he he wasn't the kind of Christian that says this pastor's so boring. I think I'll just take an nap. No, this this phrase when when the Bible says he sinks down in sleep means uh, he was overcome by sleep. It, it overtook him. Sleep sort of got a chokehold on Eutychus. Uh, have you ever been there before? I have, I, and, and lest I run the risk of being a clown because I don't want to. I can remember once going to a church in Asheville, North Carolina. It was blowing snow outside, and and and, and I was sitting on the second row, and there was a preacher that was preaching. It was a Hispanic church, and it was cold outside. There was a pot stove on the inside. It was warm, and I'd left Georgia at about three o'clock to get there to be in time for the meeting and this preacher was preaching on the sword or something (laughs) Hmm. and Brother Hetty, I was sitting on the second pew and the first pew was short and so I was right where you're sitting and I I fell asleep and I caught myself before my nose hit the ground and like all you would have done I got up and said hallelujah Hallelujah. I mean, I tried my best to plan. I know everybody saw me, so I went outside, got me a handful of snow, put it in my face, and woke up the best I can. I was tired. I was weary from my travels and from moving and from doing like I thought I should be doing. Amen. And what I'm saying tonight is it's easy to beat up some poor, sleepy young man without giving him credit. Listen, nobody knows. We don't know tonight what this man Eutychus had been doing that day. Brother Eddie brought up a good point. He said he could have been the night watchman. He could have been all up the night before uh, watching the city walls. He could have been laboring like that. And I believe Brother David, I believe this man Eutychus, and I know proof about this, but I believe, I know that he wanted to be there where he would not have been there. He went there because he looked forward to hearing the beloved Apostle Paul preach the word of God, but on this night, he's so tired, he's so weary, he falls asleep in the church. Well, that's an, uh, that, that that's an amazing story, isn't it? Now it almost seems a bit humorous. We think here as a man because I'm going to tell you something. As a little boy going to, uh, as a little boy growing up in church, one of the funniest things you can see is brother Bob or brother or sister Sue or whatever falling asleep at church. I mean, if I was sitting on the pew rather than preaching, I'd get out my cell phone, and take pictures of that. It's just still funny. But it wasn't funny this time because here's a young man that fell out of his seat and he fell three stories and he crashed with a thud to the ground and he dies. Can you imagine what must have been going through their mind as they watch his legs flip over the side and down and I can see him uh, maybe his mother was there. Maybe his wife was there. I can see him all look out the door, look out the window, and there he is, life is. He dies three stories down, and I wonder this. This is really my thought tonight. I wonder this, Brother Kevin. Why wouldn't somebody look out for a sleepy church member? Now, it, it could be, Brother Thacker, they were so in tune with Paul's preaching that nobody was looking out for nobody else. Maybe they they said, Look, we want to hear Paul preach. It's all about getting what we want tonight. Maybe that was the case, and that would have been, I uh, suspect, a positive. But the negative was, was nobody looking out for Eutychus? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, just maybe, one of them might have said, Eutychus. Uh, You better not sit on the edge of that window pane. You may fall out and die. I don't know that. Or it could have been nobody paid any attention to old Eutychus as he's nodding off to sleep. Nobody's looking at the sleepy church member. Nobody's paying attention to nobody but themselves. They're just there to church or there to do their duty. And nobody pays attention to that one church member that might be so weary and so tired they're about to fall out. That's amazing, isn't it? And maybe you drug in here tonight. I know how Wednesday nights are, Brother Donald. I I know how they are, and I don't try not to beat nobody up. I know how they are. You work all day. If you're like my folks, you, you work all day. You run home. You grab something to eat, you, you clean up the best you can, you go to church, and, and I know what that looks like every Wednesday I see that. And I thank God for those people that are willing to come to church on a midweek Wednesday night service to hear somebody like me preach. I thank God for that. But I do know some are weary and tired. I, I, I've got a, a dear friend of mine who's been going through a lot of trouble the last two years and really this message was inspired by something he said he's a good brother he loves Jesus, he loves God he loves the church and he loves me and brother Kevin I caught him a few times nodding off I mean his eyes stay bloodshot red and he's been again going through all and I I won't disclose everything he's going through it's a terrible situation a few weeks ago, he came up to him and he said, Preacher, I want to tell you, I'm sorry. I fell asleep at church Wednesday. It, I mean no disrespect. It's not your preaching. I mean, if you can fall asleep while I'm preaching, you're sleepy." He said, I'm just in such turmoil. I don't sleep at night. My mind races. I have All these thoughts, my life's turned upside down. I mean no disrespect. I love to hear you preach. And and brothers and sisters, I'll be honest with you. When I saw uh, him uh, going to sleep, it, it bothered me a little bit. But now my heart goes out to him. I, 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 my heart goes out because we don't know what might be going through somebody's life that might cause them to be wearied from the fights of life. And our responsibility as a church is to watch out for those that might be wearied in the fight. Listen, be mindful there may be somebody on the pew tonight who is wearied. Uh, and so my my job is to be mindful, my job is to be sympathetic, my my job is to be compassionate about those that may be wearied and tired. Now let me give you the third thing, number three, there's a meeting that should have been over. The Bible tells us here that as soon as they, and, and Paul goes down, man, I'd, if they've got a replay in heaven, I'd love to sing this. People looking out the window and then they scurry down the stairs and, and i can see my little granny ladies praying over to the side and men of god praying and paul's over it looked like something out of elisha's day as paul resurrects this this young boy's or this man's life back to himself and gives him a, a, gives him his life back to the power of the lord jesus i'd love to see that replayed wouldn't you but here's what they done they got him up and they They went back upstairs and they broke bread and they kept on worshiping. In fact, the Bible says they did it all the way till the morning. This boy Eutychus has died. He's raised back to life. They went upstairs. They shared the meal that pointed to the Lord Jesus who died and rose again. Imagine what that service after that looked like. Brother Philip is Eutychus, I can see him helping Eutychus up, him wiping his sleep from his eyes. He's got a knot on his head. His back's a little hurt, but he's living. He walks back up the stairs, and they say, don't sit back in that windowpane, pain, Eutychus. <laughs> Brother Thacker's wife might have been saying, I told you not to stay up last night watching that wrestling." <laughs> uh-huh. He takes his seat back in the place and and, and, and the Bible said that Paul, he breaks bread. Man, I love this. He breaks bread. I can almost hear Paul say something like, maybe I would say when Paul would read, when we read the text, when we take the Lord's communion, Paul might have said, this is my body which is broken for you. This doing remembrance of me. And they take the bread, and old Eutychus is doing. And it occurs to Eutychus, the only reason why I'm living, the only reason why I got resurrected, is because he was re- he resurrected. <laughs> Amen. Uh, he says, uh, "Can you imagine that the 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 real joy of worshiping after Eutychus got a church member, a, a member of the body of Christ, there has come back and been revived and energized by the resurrecting power of the Lord Jesus Christ." <laughs> Hallelujah. Now let me let me hasten and say this: When we come to church, I know. Were far removed by thousands, by seas and centuries, and by thousands. In fact, a long, long time. And it it, it almost seems like this would never happen to us because nobody sits in the windows, and it's as a nicely lit and and a comfortable place to worship God. And so, if you fall asleep in this church, you are tired. Amen. I walked in the fellowship hall the other day, and Miss Amanda was laboring. And I said, are you tired? And a gentleman said, you're from the south. I can tell that. You get tired sometimes. In fact, Brother Kevin, everything out there is designed to affect everything in here. It wants to get you worn out and tired. So when you come in here, you're you're just lethargic and lazy and tired. Amen. That's what it's designed for. But I'll remind you on Sunday, and this is, a, this is a, uh, an encouragement for Sunday, and I tell my folks when you hit the alarm clock and you want to hit the snooze button and you're just rolling here on site, I don't know what time you meet, but I tell you, you can't leave the house at 10 and get here at 10. You can't do that. And so when you get up and you, and my mother and dad, when I was growing up, we had a console record player back from here to that piano. And we'd put on records and they'd play gospel music. But the night before, my dad had done gassed up all the cars because we believed it was a sin to buy anything on the Lord's Day. We thought you'd go to hell for that. Amen. And mama would iron all the clothes on Saturday night to get prepared to go to a church on Sunday. And when, when we get up on Sunday morning, uh, we'd get ready to go to the house of God. We'd get there early, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed because we knew it was the Lord's day, brothers and sisters. What a great thing we had to worship the Lord Jesus on the Lord's day. Isn't that right? Amen. And yet so many people fix their eyes on a movie and never get tired or they go to a football game and they, and they scream like wild Comanches and they, and, they, and they just seem like, but when they come to church they just have no energy whatsoever. What's wrong with that? And so my question is, what are we so tired from? Are you tired of hearing the same old story? Are you tired? Do we get tired of hearing that our life is but a vapor? Do we get tired of hearing that Jesus, God's son, Trinity, left the ivory halls of glory, wrapped him, God, God sent him on mission to die for the sins of the likes of you and I, wrapped him up in love, lowered him down as my pastor would say uh, through the clouds of grace, entered into a virgin's womb and lived a sinless life. Never not one time ever had one bad thought, never done one evil deed but never took one idle step and Brother Philip died at Bloody Calvary, but the third day resurrected. Does that make us tired? I think it doesn't. What a great thing that we have. To be saved by the grace of God. Do do we ever get tired of knowing that one of these days if the Lord doesn't come before we die and they place our corpse into a grave, we're going to come out in resurrecting power. If Jesus resurrected, so shall I be resurrected, thank the Lord. And one day some golden daybreak, uh, uh, Jesus will appear like he said he would. That doesn't make me tired. That makes me excited tonight. Amen. That makes me excited. Some people, I think, are—they're tired and wearied because they just too worldly. I stress to our church, and Brother Carlos can testify: keep it simple, stupid. When you bring all this nonsense into your life, it will wear you out and keep you from being worshipful and devotional as you should be. Most, most, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm going to close, most, most uh, couples, and uh, I know Brother Kevin. Uh, preaches these things, but most couples, brother Kevin, you'll testify. Married couples, they they get up in the morning. They may give each other a little peck on the jaw, or perhaps on the lip. Out the door they go, one goes one way, the other goes one way. They work all day, they come in, they grab something to eat, they grab the youngins, they go to this practice and that practice. By the time they get home, they're still hungry, they're agitated, they go to bed at night at 10 o'clock, they get up in the morning do, do the same thing over again. Then on Wednesday, they drag in the church because they're worn, slap out. And nobody has time to just sit and rest. Amen. Does that make any sense? Here's what Jesus said. Come unto me. Come unto me all that are weak and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Amen. And that rest is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our rest. Amen. But Satan, the world out there and Satan, he wants to pouse things on you so you just get bogged down. Man, I'd love, I, I, I'd love to see this all take place. Flipping out the window, Paul doing CPR. Lord Jesus, we need you because he's, he's watching the windows. Eutychus gets up and goes back upstairs. They have worship service. Can you imagine how they looked at Eutychus? I mean, as they they saw him, a living, breathing person. And I want to leave you with this. Church, what is my responsibility to the body where I worship Jesus in? My responsibility as the shepherd or the under-shepherd, may I say, Or the preacher is to watch for sleepy church members. And then go to them and say, I I sense that you're a little sleepy. Be careful. If you're not careful, you'll fall out. you can get so tired, you'll fall out. Yes, you, Wednesday night crowd, you can get so sleepy and so tired, you can fall out. What is your role in that? I believe that we're all accountable to each other in the local body. I'm accountable to the people I serve. They're accountable. We are accountable to each other. In order to be a strong church, we've got to be an awake church. An awakened church, not a woke church. Can I get a amen? <laughs> woke in the right way. Amen. To the things of God. One while why we bow together. I'm done preaching this little thought.